Hello and welcome to episode 9 of season 2 of the Jet Movement Podcast. My name is Jeremy Hirschkorn. I am the owner and lead instructor at Jet Movement Academy in Bellingham, Washington. Uh, Before we get started with today's topic, I just want to thank you for tuning in. I want to ask that if you enjoy what you hear, uh, to please give us some likes, some shares, uh, and reviews are the best thing you can do. Uh, It helps other people when they're looking for podcasts to listen to. It gives them a little bit of an incentive to tune into ours. So it's much appreciated that if you are a listener and you enjoy it, uh, to, to help pass it along and share because that, uh, that helps us get positive information out to more people and we really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, today's topic is going to be uh, developing speed. Okay, and um, The reason why I'm, I'm bringing this topic up is because I get a lot of athletes um, who are working really hard in the weight room, developing um, their strength training programs um, and getting really strong. And at the same time, they're either slowing down in terms of straight line speed or running ability, um, or they're losing athleticism. Uh, They're becoming uh, less agile and reactionary, uh, and they're getting kind of clunky. So it's a topic that um, I I deal with a lot, see a lot of athletes uh, in that uh, that realm, where they're they're really getting excited about the the probability the uh, probabilities of them moving on in their sport um, and they're looking for ways to get better. And the first inclination is to hop in the weight room and start lifting um, with the intent of increasing strength. So I want to dive into some of the details as to um, why it doesn't always go the way that they hope. Um, uh, there seems to be this creating of this cycle of strength training and then not seeing it really um, apply to their movement skills. So then trying to do agility training um, and then losing range of motion and then working on flexibility training. So some of the popular things that we see are um, an athlete, you know, we'll see an athlete go from weightlifting uh, to then agility work with like cones or ladders um, and then ultimately moving to uh, uh like yoga or something of that matter, some kind of stretching routine, something like that um, to kind of recover from all the other things that they've been doing and try to add range of motion. So they get into this cycle of attacking these three different things, strength, agility, flexibility. Okay. So when we're looking at really traditional strength training, we're looking at, you know, usually single joint movements, Um, They're usually hypertrophy uh, focused. So looking at building muscle, Um, it's it's heavy lifting. Um, Things are usually moving at like a moderate speed, uh, not slow or not fast. Um, They're usually really anchored and stable movements like bench press, squat, deadlift. Your feet aren't moving or your back is against something solid uh, or you're in a seated position using machines, things like that. Um, and then, then guys will move and they'll think, okay, well, I'm, I'm getting stronger. Now I got to work on actually moving my body around. And so then they'll go to, um, agility training, which is often, uh, you know, lower body footwork oriented, um, using, you know, just their body weight, no resistance, um, and then trying to do things at a high speed. This is usually when guys will end up getting hurt because their bodies go from, 
um, you know, moderate speed movements that are very, very, very controlled and one joint oriented um, and very stable. And then they're going to try to go full speed, move their body around with little to no stability at high speeds, high intensity, um, and, and no um, resistance or weight. So then uh, when they start to realize that they're not moving very fluidly, they don't have very good range of motion or they're hurt and they're looking for recovery, they start to get into um, some kind of stretching routine uh, to try to offset that where they're using you know passive stretches um, with no little, very little muscle activation, uh, very little muscle contraction. Um, there, there's no like movement going on. It's just a, it's just a range of motion um, sitting still. So that's, that's kind of generally the cycle I see happening and these, that's kind of leading players, um, to getting, to getting injured and then trying to rehab and then, you know, just kind of a, a cycle, you know, of trying to figure out what is, what is going to help me. And the problem with this is, is that they're doing a system or program that isn't designed to make you more athletic or faster and they're and they're they're doing that because they think they need to get stronger in order to get those things and that's true but they're not using the right techniques the right methods the right movements or exercises um, or they're overloading it there's lots of different reasons why that that that's a problem so when when we look at it we have to think okay what is what what needs are there in order to increase my speed and my athleticism. What kind of needs do I have? I need to be able to move fast. I need the movement to be efficient. Uh, I need my full body to be connected because I can't do any of these movements in my sport or on the field. Um, I can't do those things without my full body working together. Okay? There's, um, there needs to be a rhythm to how I move. The, the muscle groups need to communicate and work together. Um, the movement patterns need to be smooth um, and efficient. Um, and, and so those are the things that we're going to ultimately need to make us faster. So to me, none of that sounds like strength training. None of that sounds like um, some, some of the footwork stuff is awesome, uh, but none of that sounds like stretching either. You know, So we look at the demands and the needs of the goal that we're trying to meet. We need to find a programming um, with you know, checkpoints that, that add to those needs. Um, so there needs to be, as we dive in deeper into this, there needs to be, um, elasticity to our muscles because the muscles work, um, in a stretch and shortening cycle. They stretch, they contract, the faster they can do that, the more force they can create, the faster I can go. So when we have restrictions in our tissue, they aren't going to function the way that they're supposed to function. And this is where we start to get into the real meaning for me of what a functional training system is. It's not that you are performing a function. It's literally the, the function of the muscles is working correctly. So we need to have complementary pairs. Um, we need to have communication between engagement and relaxation of certain muscles at the right timing. So if we're not addressing those things, in our speed training, we're ultimately going to slow ourselves down. One of the problems that often happens is um, we're we're creating these um, restrictions in that that relationship between tissues. You know, we're firing um, 
muscles at the incorrect time. Um, we're not firing them at all. Um, we're overdeveloping certain muscles in those pairs and not uh, developing their 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 complementary muscle or whatever. So we start to create imbalances in our body. We start to shorten certain tissue too short and lengthen other tissue too long. Um, and we ultimately are just kind of disconnecting ourselves. So when we're looking at what we want to be able to do, the first thing we need to do is to remove detrimental behaviors. So it's, it's not so much that there needs to be this rehabilitation and these corrective exercises and all of these things that we need to do to counteract what's happened to our body. Ultimately, if we remove those behaviors that created those restrictions and those problems in the first place, we need to remove those. That takes some ego, you know, ego smashing. That means we need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, this thing that I've been doing, although it gives me improvements in one field, is ultimately um, diminishing my athleticism. So there are certain lifts that I don't, I don't disagree with the application of them or disagree with them as, a, as an exercise, but I disagree with the application of them um, because I feel like they get so much attention and so much effort put into them and other things get neglected that one of the first things I do with a new athlete that's in this position is I remove those exercises entirely. And I say, this is a detrimental behavior. We need to remove that from what you're doing. And then ultimately, here's the tough part is we have to dive into our, our daily life and find out what other detrimental behaviors I'm participating in that are making it harder for me to see athleticism gains when I'm in the gym. And, and that's the problem. It's usually not so much the actual physical activity of, of a strength training program. It's that stuff coupled with what else they're doing in their regular life. So when it comes to solving the problem, you know, what is causing them to slow down? What's causing them to get hurt? It, it, it can be hard to decipher. You know, it'd be easy to say, well, your deadlift form is crappy and you're, you know, go moving up in your weights too fast or, um, you know, your squat form with your back squats is, you know, these heavy lifts that you're doing. It's easy to say, well, those are the culprit because you're doing them incorrectly. Well, a lot of guys will just back off of them for a little while and then heal and then come back and do those things again, which drives me nuts. Pay attention to your form when you're doing those things. Or to me, let's just remove those things entirely because there are other things that can strengthen the same muscle groups in a lot safer way and a more um, holistic way, a more connecting way that gets your whole entire body working together. So um, what I'm looking for in a training program is how do we address the physics and the anatomy of the body and how it moves and start to train in a way um, that is centered around what you're trying to accomplish on the field, what you're trying to do with your body, what our body likes to do, you know, what it was kind of designed to do. Um, we're, we're trying to move a human body against gravity. And so we're not trying to just move a human body against a weight, okay? So that's where the big uh, differences happen in selecting drills and exercises for me is, are you looking at moving an inanimate object? Are you looking at moving another human being? 
or are you looking at moving yourself? So if you're looking for speed and agility, you're moving yourself. So the exercises that you are going to perform need to be centered around how to move yourself more efficiently with more explosiveness, more speed, more connectivity. So a lot of times adding resistance to an exercise like that is challenging and difficult and very intricate. And I think that's why um, a lot of coaches stick with those single joint linear movements because they are far easier to coach and teach. And they're a lot easier sometimes for the, for the athlete to grasp. So we, we kind of gravitate towards those exercises that are going to be easier to implement immediately. We need to be able to graduate from those simple things and move on to more intricate and diverse things because when it comes to life and it comes to the games, we're going to be thrown into these situations where we need these very intricate and difficult movements to perform. I've seen plenty of very athletic kids get less athletic through their strength training programs because we're taking their diverse movement abilities and we're, we're boxing them into these certain you know, specific exercises that take away from their creativity. They take away from their ability to get out of what would be considered a proper alignment. Um, you know, it, it just takes away their, their ability to be dynamic. So we need to encourage that, that ability to be dynamic. We need to enhance that ability to be dynamic. So there are some fundamental um, key exercises that I think you can do um, to increase strength while not removing that dynamicness away from them. So we need to be able to look into kind of the physics and the mechanics of motion and how we as humans create motion. You know, where does the where does the force actually come from through the body? And when we can identify that and how that's created, we can perform those movements. Then we can start to find ways to add resistance to those movements to increase their you know, demand um, and go from there. Um, that's why when you come to Jet Movement Academy, you're going to see I got one barbell, I got one bench and squat station, and it's all in the corner and it barely gets used. Um, what gets used the most is dumbbells and kettlebells from 10 to 35 pounds um, and then just body weight. And, you know, and that's what we use the most. And now we have this new dynamic trainer, um, uh, pulley system trainer uh, that allows us to, to do a lot of things in different uh, angles and dimensions in a very safe way as well. So when it comes to training for speed, uh, training for athleticism, um, the, the Olympic lifts, they don't do everything that we need. And unfortunately, you can get extremely strong in those lifts while not getting strong in other angles and dimensions and, and abilities. Um, and so we're just kind of disconnecting those away from each other. Um, if you know, a good example here, just to kind of wrap this thing up to kind of be more specific is if you look at um, if you look at someone that's that's heavily back squatting and deadlifting on the surface, you're looking at balancing those two out. The, the, the back squatting is going to be attacking kind of the anterior or front of the body a little bit more. The deadlifts are going to be um, attacking that posterior backside chain quite a bit more. So if you're doing those evenly and you're very careful with that, you're keeping yourself very balanced. But if you're somebody that has um, restrictions because their quads are overdeveloped, 
then your then your balanced workout plan is not addressing that imbalance that that problem that you have it's not solving that so it, it will ultimately increase that problem because if your quads aren't working the way that they're supposed to in relationship with the rest of your body and you go and make them ridiculously strong that's going to emphasize a problem that's going to that's going to limit your abilities so instead you have to figure out if the athlete is having a problem with their quads if they're having a problem with their hamstrings glutes how they connect together um, the rhythm and, and timing of how they fire and communicate. Um, is that a problem with their lower back or their, you know, their anterior core, you know, on and on and on. And you have to unravel these things. So when it comes down to it, if you are getting injured or you're having nagging pain from the program that you're on, it's time to, to, to go a level deeper. You know, it's, it's time to continue to dive in. And like that is kind of the, <clears throat> the journey that I've been on in my life from getting hurt in high school, having a lower back injury as a sophomore in high school, um, and never really addressing that until I'm in my 30s, it's been this journey of, of diving deeper in to figuring out what the problem is there. And so sometimes we feel like, you know, as a high school athlete, we have a very limited window. We have four years to prepare for my sport if I want to go to college and then continue to play my sport. So we don't look at these things deeper. We just do what we got to do to keep playing and continuing. So uh, the patience runs out and we don't, we don't dive as deep as we, as we need to. So when it comes to uh, speed training and athleticism, I'm working diligently to lay down a baseline. Here's the things I think you need to do. And in doing those things and having that, that organized protocol to work through, you will reveal issues before they're a problem and we can then address those and kind of tweak the individual's program as we go to meet those needs and correct those issues so that they're a much more resilient uh, body and ready to do those you know big time heavy things if we decide to get to that point um, but what you'll be surprised is how much more the actual working on efficiency of your body actually increases your speed and athleticism more than strength intensity gains. So um, if you're able to increase your strength, you know, tenfold and increase your efficiency tenfold, then you're a beast and, you need, and people need to watch out for you. So that's kind of the avenue that we need to take is we need to start to look deeper into what's restricting my body first, what's holding me back, how can I become more efficient, and then how can I connect my body together and enhance the entirety of my body to be more athletic and be faster. Because we all have a genetic potential based on our, our genetics, our, uh, our height, our weight, our you know, joint integrity, um, all these different factors. We all have a potential there. And the goal is to get to that, that potential and then use that to our advantage. So um, I've been working diligently over the last two years on you know, whittling down my protocol, how I start with an athlete um, to start off by revealing restrictions and possible problems and focusing my attention there first and then developing on top of that. And you'll be surprised at how much that reveals. Um, it's just a matter of being patient through some of those things because they're not fancy, Instagram worthy 
Um, they're not what you see professional athletes doing when they show glimpses of professional athletes in the weight room and stuff like that. So you got to do the boring, diligent work before you can do the sexy, exciting things later. So um, that's kind of my, you know, two cents on um, on training speed and, and athleticism. So if you find yourself struggling with getting stronger, but you're getting slower, this is how I would approach it. And uh, that's what we're doing here at Jet Movement Academy. So if you're interested in getting on board with that, uh, I would love to chat about it and work work on it with you. So um, feel free to reach out and let's connect. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Nice, short, and sweet uh, today. Uh, getting right to the point. I appreciate you for, for tuning in and listening. And like I said at the beginning, um, if you enjoy the message and you believe in it, uh, you agree with it, uh, please send this to somebody who you think needs it, share it, review it, just give it a like. That's easy to do. Click that button. Um, it just helps us reach more people, give them more value, uh, and keep doing this thing. So it's much appreciated. Um, as always, I, I wish you much adventure and, uh, lots of movement and, and just daily health. Hum, babe.